Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Sill, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We got a lot happening in around T-Mobile Arena. Fox Sports Las Vegas bringing you the Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes pregame show in one hour's time and then face off just after 7 o'clock last home game. For the preseason, next time we see Vegas, it's the real deal. Uh, game two of the uh, schedule. I was outside walking through a couple of things for the home opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're expecting, the VGK Insider Show, going to be out there right beside the gold carpet. Mm-hmm. The players are going to be walking through. We'll find out who they're wearing, what kind of suits, uh, ties. You're really into that? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. I am. Uh, we'll I, get, I can't uh, know. We're, yeah. we're going to get uh, some comments from the players uh, next Thursday. It's going to be awesome for two hours outside and then bring you indoors mm-hmm. uh, at T-Mobile Arena uh, for a warm-up and the uh, the show that is the Vegas Golden Knights uh, less than a week. So they start Tuesday in L.A. and then here at T-Mobile on Thursday for the home opener. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a fun week, uh, but regular season hockey is, is on the horizon. I, I do want to circle back to gold carpet. So I'm excited for that for sure. Um, but I feel like I should be the one to ask the, who are you wearing question? Because it just, it would, it would play off. I think a little bit funnier that way. It'd be great. Why? Why? Because I'm, I'm clearly not the fashion yeah, expert. Yeah, yeah. Because Ryan will be wearing a flannel shirt. No, 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 no. I'm not going to wear flannel, Chapman. I, I, I understand time and place. I do. So there will be... What will you wear? Will uh, you wear a suit? I'm going to dress. I don't, I don't own a suit, Darren. Come on. I don't own a suit. Go rent one. It's the gold carpet, baby. You can jazz it up. Do some splashy gold out there. It's the golden age. Okay, if I were going to do it, I would go with a gold suit. That would be awesome. Hook it up. Let's let's do it. Find me a way to make that happen, Darren. C3PO. Yeah, no, like get me a get me a gold bucket too. Yeah? And gold I, shoes. Yeah. Oh, gold 100%. shoes would be yeah, uh, no, outstanding. If I'm gonna do it, I'll do it up. Uh, gold uh, everything. Uh, I think that that would be good. Some some gold socks and uh, and uh, really go up and over the top with it. Like a pole vaulter. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, is he gonna make it? You would make it. Uh, with all that. Uh, we've got uh, the final preseason game here at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, it's a lineup where we're going to see the bottom six mm-hmm. all going. The top six will watch, and uh, we'll see them on Thursday or Saturday when they play in Salt Lake City and uh, as well in Boise, Idaho. This, this is a busy time uh, in and around the, the G League uh, playing tonight. Mm-hmm. The projected top two picks for the NBA draft next year mm-hmm. are, are playing uh, yeah. with the Ignite on the floor against the uh, Metropolitans uh, from Paris. And you know who's uh, talked about being there? There's some speculation. Mm-hmm. Braun. LeBron huh? uh, in the house tonight. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that uh, with the Ignite and the VGK uh, going at it uh, this evening. Uh, some sound to bring you mm. as we look at this lineup tonight. 
and what's what's happening for the the Vegas Golden Knights. What we're anticipating. This is their first game since the outing in which San Jose surprised Vegas by scoring a lot more goals uh, than we, we ever anticipated uh, mm-hmm. uh, on that night. It was Aiden Hill's uh, first uh, first game. Uh, there was uh, the question asked of Butch Cassidy today about what he's going to anticipate. What are its expectations for Vegas coming off that game against San Jose? Does he want to see a lot better result or just better play? No, we need to see better play. I mean, the other game, you know, we weren't very good. We got outworked, uh, didn't execute well enough. But it is preseason, uh, so you, you, you're allowed some of those bumps along the way. Um, you know, the group that predominantly played the other day, we put two good days of work in with them. Now we'll get back to work tomorrow with a, you know, probably one group again. So we're trying to correct some of the things we didn't like from the other day from those players that played. And today it's a, a little bit of a different mindset for sure. You got some younger guys that are pushing for spots, so I think you'll see a, a little different level of preparation and where they're at. That's just the way it is right now, so that's the way I've looked at it. But we did address some things this morning with the ten group of ten that that skated that we could fix from the other day. Puck management going back on pucks, I you know I, I think we could be a lot better, and we're going to see a lot of similar forechecks. Better in their own zone. They lacked a. Uh, coverage in a couple of spots like San Jose made some plays from the corner and behind the goal line up front that uh, Aiden Hill didn't have a chance on yeah. and that was coverage uh, that was uh, being better uh, on on pucks there was there was other plays where Aiden Hill has to come up with a save it's like because Vegas got themselves back into the game mm-hmm. yeah in yeah. that second period yeah and then San Jose had an answer you come up with a save or two there and it's it's a different hockey game because the Kessel Eichel Smith line was was feeling it so much. So Hill goes tonight, expecting him to play the whole game. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a vitally like it's, it's not more important than Cotter's game tonight or Korzak's game tonight or Bischoff's game and that we spent so much time. But I, I think for his own comfort, mm-hmm. I think Aiden Hill wants to go out and and really not just get through tonight, but have a really solid game. Yeah, I, I think that this is an important game for Aiden Hill for sure. I, I you know, again, I, I'm kind of with you in that I, I don't think it's it's to the same degree of, of say, Paul Cotter or uh, Caden no. Korzak or Jake Bischoff. But I, I do think that there's something to be said for Aiden Hill to feel comfortable and confident in his game, uh, especially given some of the comments from, you know, Bruce Cassidy saying that Logan Thompson is a bit ahead of everybody else. It's another. It's an, it's, an, it's an opportunity for Aiden Hill to go out there and have a strong 60 minutes, and that's really what it's all about. You want to stop the pucks you're supposed to stop, maybe get a couple of the ones you're not supposed to stop, and just feel confident about your game going into this last week of uh, preseason. Uh, Nick Waugh will center uh, that line with Paul Cotter tonight and Keegan Colasar. Uh, Colasar, more comfortable as a veteran player. Mm-hmm. like He's on this team. I had the conversation with him though and brought that up and he said I, I don't feel like I've made the team I'm still I'm still working hard I gotta go out and make sure my feet are moving tonight yeah. I have to make sure that I'm making the right reads I have to be physical and uh, and I have to make sure that I'm still pushing myself I can't go through the motions I'm not good enough to go through the motions and still uh, be in the coach's good books uh, and I said well what does the coach say to you he said well not we haven't had a lot of meetings he's got other people more important than me to have a lot of meetings <laughs> with, <laughs> and, and and there was a laugh. But uh, yeah. but his center is is Nick Waugh. 
And he's a player in practice and some of these scrimmages has really let people get acquainted to the skill of those hands. And we've seen it in the shootout before. But some of the plays that he made last week in particular uh, going into that, uh, that Friday night game, uh, remember they scrimmaged on, on Thursday mm. and then did a lot of special teams work? It was like the, the whole rink was hooting and hollering uh, <laughs> with, with what they were seeing. So Nick Waugh is an interesting guy. When we're talking about moving players around possibly with lineup configurations, does Nick Waugh have an opportunity to slide up in the lineup? Here is Bruce Cassidy on number 10. Well, he's, we've moved him around with different players, so uh, similar to what he went through last year, so he's got to get used to that, just play his game. I think with Nick, it's going to come down to, do you want that fourth-line center that's been there and done it and it's rock solid, or do you want to move him up and add some depth up to your top three lines and then try someone else there? I think that'll be the big decision where how Nick, it'll play out for him. We know what we're going to get out of him. It's just where do we want to get that out of him. Um, and that that's still an ongoing evaluation problem for for nick Mm -hmm. and it is a problem when you look at the the ceiling and the upside is who does he play in front of as a center if he's going to move off the fourth line yeah and play in a, a third line or any type of power play situation and get get a look at that group he's got to slide off to the to the wall yeah, and that's that's the thing for me is that we have seen at times Nick Waugh on on the wall. We've seen him play as a winger, and it, it just doesn't carry the same weight. I, I don't think you get the most out of Nick Waugh. Yeah. He produces more in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. He he is to me one of those one of those players that if you want to maximize what he does, you got to line him up down the middle. Now that all being said. Might it change with, with a different coach in an elevated role? Maybe, perhaps, but I still think you get the best out of Nick Waugh down the middle. Uh, Nick Waugh we will center that line with Paul Cotter and Keegan Colasar tonight, and we've got uh, William Carlson uh, with Michael Amadio uh, playing on that, uh, that in very interesting line mm-hmm. uh, that also features uh, Brett Howden. Colasar uh, uh, and, say, a Carlson or... Uh, Riley Smith, you've, you've got the potential for some good, strong penalty killers there. Like mm-hmm. Colesar yeah. can skate. Yeah. Um, we know what Carlson and Riley Smith uh, can do. But the idea of playing, like Carlson being on a third line mm-hmm. might be the most sense because of where Butch Cassidy plans on playing him when it comes to special teams. Mm-hmm. Those, those minutes killing penalties and not wearing them out killing penalties where he can't be effective as a number two center. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He might be better as a three center killing a lot of penalties yeah. because he's, he's got more in, ta- in the tank and the, the pressure and the expectations aren't on him to big, be the big producing guy. Yeah, and I, I think that the expectation for William Carlson changes a little bit on that third line, right? Like, yeah. you, if you have a configuration where your center icemen are Jack Eichel and then it's William Carlson, you're looking at, I want 25 goals, right? Like, yeah. that, that is what that position in the lineup is, is essentially asking of you um, at the cap hit that William Carlson's at. But if you, if you slot yeah, him 70 down. 70 points, right? Yeah. And if you slot him down, right, 
on that third line and you're getting production out of that line that's consistent and then you couple that with what William Carlson's able to do for you shorthanded then you've you've essentially defined the role outside of the expectation of what his point total is going to be mm-hmm. and I think that might help William Carlson have a really strong year and Riley Smith can kill penalties yeah. we're, we're aware of that combination yeah I'll be keeping track to see how much he and and Carlson are out there together yeah. killing penalties because Smith right now is on the top line. Uh, do you do you use him still in a penalty killing role, or do you back him off that and make sure he's he's ready to go? Uh, when the subject of penalty killers, here is Bruce Cassidy on how they're going to configure when they're out there trying to get through a disadvantage. I do, and we're going to build some if they don't. I think that's part of our job as coaches. We've talked to Johnny about that. That that gives them like part of the reason you do that is they feel like they're a bigger part of the team as well. And when you got everybody feeling like they're a bigger part of the team, then they're going to play better as a team. So I, I believe in that part. Now they've got to be able to get the job done. So there will be, you know, growing pains maybe for guys that we are building into it, but we're hopeful that we're teaching them properly and they're committed to it, that we can get ease off some of the minutes on some other guys. Cause where you want to ease off on minutes, I think, is stressful minutes. That's defending. That's penalty kill, the hard minutes. And we've got to be careful with guys, um, A, over the course of a year because of fatigue, B, because of injury, and three, maybe age. Now, we can talk about age later with certain guys, but that's how it's been done in the past. And I think most of our forwards are not in that position right now. Maybe some of our D we've got to be careful of. I always feel like he's talking to me when he brings that up. He the is. age part. No, he is. Even though, like, I'm not playing. But anytime somebody talks about age, I automatically go to, they're talking about me. You just, for sure. You just find personal offense in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Carlson Smith, they, they've they played five hard years of hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Power play, five on five, and a penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Five hard years yeah. of every situation. Is this the year that it's backed off a little bit? And do you get more because you back off with William Carlson? That that's a players don't generally go for that. Mm-hmm. But if you can present it the right way, and and it starts to give you results, people will buy into it. The the, the more I don't want to say the more interesting one, but the. Besides William Carlson, like I, I think that third line center and you have him dialed in on your penalty kill and, and you kind of build that around William. Yeah. I think is going to be is going to be big. Um, Riley Smith is an interesting one to me because I'm curious to see how much he is going to penalty kill or in what spots do you do it in certain aspects of the game, either when you're protecting the lead or later in later on in the game in the third period because. I would make the argument you want Riley as fresh as possible to play five-on-five five yeah, with Eichel yeah, and, and Kessel. So I, I'm i curious to see what the evolving... I'll be watching that for the first roles three weeks of the season. ...are going to be because I, I think that you give William more responsibility that's in the wheelhouse of what he does so well, and you maybe ease that load on Riley Smith so that he's able to be a more productive five-on-five five player. And if you're, if you're a coaching philosophy... Uh, that uh, that you grab onto is you're playing everybody anyway five on five. Yeah, then that's that's a lot uh, more accepted by players. 
Okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, play on the top two lines, but we're still going to roll the lines yeah. a lot more. I'll, I'll buy into that. Here's here's Butch on is he a four line guy? We shouldn't have anybody in single. What I mean by that is under ten minutes. Um, I think if this team is is functioning as as we see it. I think that fourth line would be closer to 12, to be honest with you, because they're going to play against good people. They're going to get D-zone starts, and they're going to be on the PK. So um, could it be as much as 15? Maybe, but that's going to take minutes from somewhere else, right? So I don't believe – I better be careful how I say that. I don't know that you should have guys up in the 20s that are forwards. Are you getting maximum value out of them uh, if they're over 20 every night for 82 games? We'll see how that plays out, and we'll see how the guys that are used to that manage that. And if they can pull it off and give you maximum play in that, then, then yeah, I'll, I'll change the way I, I think that, Gary. But that's what I think in general. I just think it's too long a year to stress those guys night after night after night. And that's where the guys down in the lineup have to do their part. You have to give them the opportunity to do their part and put them in a position to succeed doing their part. So that's what I believe. Oh, the hockey chicken and egg. <laughs> do, do you give the bottom six all the opportunity in the world mm-hmm. to make sure that you've got a four-line team, or do they have to produce to put you in a position where you're backed into a corner where you have to give them more time because they deserve that more time? Uh, coaches have fought for it for 110 years. Well, I, I think that... You know, if you take that comment from Bruce Cassidy and you couple it with the thought experiment on Jonathan Marchessault, then I I think you've kind of built yourself a top six that you can envision that scenario Bruce just talked about right now, where you've got guys and the minutes are kind of balancing each other out. You've got a bottom six that can be over 10 minutes a night. Like, the way that Bruce is going about constructing things and – and that's only a slight bump on what Vegas has done in the past. Sure, exactly. Like, not we're not talking I, ten more uh, shifts or anything. I no exactly, but I I look at it as the more balance you can have, the 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 lighter the load over the course of eighty two, and you can still be productive. The the better position your players are in in the playoffs, and and the idea of under twenty minutes for forwards I, I think is important. Like. If you've got an Austin Matthews, you're going to play him 21, 22 minutes a night because he demands that that type of, of workload. He's young. He can do it. Okay, well, Eichel and, sees himself as that type of player. And, and I, I, I do understand that, but I would rather see a nice, tight, five-on-five power play 18 minutes for Jack Eichel because I think if, if, if all the focus is there – the production should come as well. I really do. You want to maximize every shift that you have. And if you're rolling into 20 minutes a night, are you doing that? Are you able to give 100% every single time you're on the ice at that point? I should talk to uh, Bush or some of the coaches about this. Because it's a question that I legitimately don't know the answer to. Yeah. Does the philosophy overcome and override a game in which... Your goaltender struggles early, and you're down two. Or your offense is flying, and you're up 2 nothing after the first period. Does the ice time allotment and distribution change significantly when you're down 2 nothing after the first period because you're chasing the game? Or do you stick with that because that's a philosophy? 
or uh, do you back it off a little bit when when you're up? Uh, I'll get a better answer to that just when I when I can pull I, the guys aside. I think it's context driven, right? Like if you're talking about early on in the year where everything's new and, and you're you're trying to kind of feel out those situations, yeah. I think you're a little bit more patient with it. But you know if you're talking about game 72 and and your playoff lives are at stake if you're down two nothing after the first period i would expect that jack Eichel but coaches will Stone, tell you every point I, whether it's october 21st I, or february 18th i don't think you're wrong and and you're right like coaches will tell you that i'm but, just answering for the coach but don't no, get mad at me no no no, i'm not but i i guess my point is like in october are you going to see an uptick if you're down two nothing after the first period in jack eichel i don't know i, I would say yes you will but I don't think it would be over 20 minutes. I don't think it's you're, you're talking about three or four minute difference in terms of what the averages would be. But that all being said, I think when when the circumstances are more and more dire, when when you're talking about later on in the season where you have to win, it, it is it is a must that you come out of this game with two points. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of the top players for this team breaking that 20 minute barrier. Then your fourth line is in a single digits, and it's and that. that that's the that's the balancing act yeah. that we're talking about. Uh, we well, have uh, game five of the preseason here, yeah. and Ron Beric, Lasishin, and Cotter will all play in their fifth game of this preseason. Yeah. They, they've run the table. When it comes to goals, Jack Eichel leads the team with three. Mm-hmm. All Cotter is next at two in this preseason. Then they have a bunch of guys with one. It's only two guys with with more than one goal. Uh, just running through some preseason stats which kind of get lost but are somewhat give you give you an idea of where things are yeah uh, going forward a white cloud uh, leads this team with four points equaled by Jack Eichel yeah white cloud and Eichel with four points I didn't see that coming white clouds came all in in one game too I mean, you ever had those five A's? You have a you have a four assist night while you're wearing an A. It's it's going to be one of those things that propels you to the top. Yeah, uh, Eichel has averaged on the topic of ice time, eighteen minutes a game. Yeah, I, I think I think if you if you can get there, and you're getting what you need out of your bottom six, I, I think that'd be great because, in theory, Jack Eichel. At 18 minutes a night is the is like the perfect workload, and you get into the playoffs with a more well-rested player. I, I think that's important. Here's something uh, into the minutia of the game a little bit. The leaders in shots on goal in this preseason, eight by Paul Cotter. Okay. He's played every game. Makes sense. But he's averaging two shots a game. I thought he might actually have more. To be that feels honest. low. Yeah. Now he has scored in the shootout. Jack Eichel is next with seven, okay. equaled by Riley Smith. Yeah. Gives you an idea of the uh, of the chemistry that we're seeing there. And Phil Kessel has six. So that's that number one line. Yep. Right there at the top in the in the, in the top five. Petrangelo has seven as well. So just uh, some numbers to throw your way. I've got something coming up in one timers that's just going to floor you. Okay. With the, with either mad excitement mm-hmm. or complete devastation. Okay. And you may throw down your headset and walk away. Great. Or you may run around the castle giving big woos. 
so you're so happy. I don't know which. I think you're going to be happy, but so what you're telling me is I'm going to take my headset off at some point. Yeah. Okay. But great. You're going to be really happy, or you're going to be really disappointed. And uh, and we've got uh, a story from yesterday's show that's all my <laughs> fault that I have to get to uh, regarding uh, a guest uh, that's going to come on the program tomorrow. Uh, I, I will take the blame for it, but it's got Chapman and I written all over it yeah. with the buffoonery of our relationship. You know, it's not me. Yeah, no, no, it's all it's all about Chapman. It's uh, also uh, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, yeah. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Oh, we are a week out from the National Hockey League season launching and the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the LA Kings at Crypto.com Arena. Then a couple of days later, the gold carpet will be rolled out in Toshiba Plaza and uh, the VGK Insider Show will be right there. Talking to players, they come by. Wallace will be asking, hey, where's the, where's the plaid? Where's the plaid? I want the plaid, unless he goes uh, completely gold in the suit. So we'll give you an idea of what's coming up next week. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Three preseason games between then and now, including tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. A big signing in the NHL today. Uh, it's sort of an easy negotiation when you think about what was owed to Matthew Barzell when it comes to a qualifying offer next year Mm -hmm. but uh, Matthew Barzell inks a long-term eight-year extension worth 72 million dollars so his uh, average value will be 9.15 million Barzell gets that eight-year extension coming off his three-year bridge contract that paid him seven million dollars Barzell, one of the most electric players that we've seen, and arguably, not much of an argument for me, but somebody like Chapman will argue anything. Uh, (laughs) You could argue that he's their best player. Barzell is 25. He was due $8.4 million in a qualifying offer next year. They give him a slight bump on that, $700,000 and they get him for, for eight years. Uh, well done. Easy. Should be should have been easy. It looks like it was easy. Uh, $9.15 million. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's a, you know, um, good contract for Matt Barzell. Uh, Chapman will not argue that he's their best player. Chapman's a big Matt Barzell guy. Um, you know, again, this is not one of those situations where uh, you're, you're dealing with a guy off of their entry-level contract. There, there was a bridge deal uh, in place for Matt Barzell, so the, the payday is, is secured. Barzell's played himself into this contract, and I, I think that over the life of the contract, because of his age and what he does, uh, it, it's going to look really, really good for the Islanders, uh, not just at the beginning of the contract, but even toward the end of it, especially with the salary cap expected to go up. So he's... Uh a guy in his mid-20s, yep. eight-year deal, yep. it's a perfect contract. I love this contract. Yeah. And you look at uh, the comparables to this contract, Braden Point, $76 million, like right in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. He's making more than a Philip Forsberg, a Zabanejad, a Kachuk, a Robert Thomas, who just uh, inked that deal. Uh, but I think there's uh, some – it's close. Uh, I'm not going to say he's, he's well – uh, ahead of the like of uh, Robert Thomas, but uh, he, I think he got the money that uh, that he's deserved. He becomes their highest paid player by a margin. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like 
Matt Barzell, 8 by 9.15. I don't have any complaints on that contract at all. Uh, here's the uh, story that may or may not cause you to scream in agony or may or may not lead you to yell with great glee. All right. The Florida Panthers played this week. Okay. They have benched their goal song, Sweetness. It's been around for a couple of years. Okay. Do you know the song? Yeah. Okay. Uh, from the band Jimmy World? Yeah. They, they got rid of their goal song. Okay. Now, teams do that from time to time, mm-hmm. change up the goal song. Uh, I, I'm a person that once I get used to it, unless it's a really terrible song, uh, I, I like to keep it for a long time. Like Blackhawks is world Chelsea famous. Dagger yeah. is, is, is awesome. Great, yeah. Do you know what the Florida Panthers selected for their new goal song? No. 20 different songs. Okay. Because they are going with individual goal songs right now. Okay. So depending on who scores, you get a different goal song. Yeah. The players pick their goal song like a walk-up song in baseball. Mm -hmm. And whoever is working the controls in the entertainment department at the rink, they have to be right on the money. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah. The other night, Sam Bennett scored. Okay. They played Benny and the Jets by Elton John. Okay. He picked I'm, that. They I'm, did. They did that once for him in Calgary. He loved it. I'm on board with and, that. And uh, and he he took that and and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one uh, that we saw was Brandon Montour. He got Florida's second goal that night. He selected Billy Joel's "It's Still Rock and Roll to Me." Okay, I'm on board with that. Those are the the two that I found. Now, I I can't find that Florida whether Florida is going to stick with this the entire year. Vancouver has done this in the past. I know uh, Calgary has tried it. The problem that people cite all the time is, say, Petra Angelo scores, but then we look at it again, ends up being Riley Smith's tip in. Yep. Do you just, does the person just default to, I think Petro scored and doesn't count anything with traffic unless it's super obvious? That's, that's the tricky part to it. Are you willing to live with that and have individual goal songs, mm-hmm. or would you rather have one great goal song, one consistent goal song for the team? I am always going to say one goal song and one goal song only. And and hold on. I'm shocked by this. Yeah, I thought I for sure you'd be yeah. so happy no, I know. with this individual goal song. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Number one, because, like, I, I like the routine of goal, scored, horn, familiar goal song. I love it. it. It's something that the entire arena gets into, especially here. Like, you feel the energy. I think you need an, a, a goal song that is the standard for a team. Now, now, because you have some time after a goal is scored before you resume play, if you went to a stock goal song and then you had an individual song kind of on the tail end of that for each individual player, I'd be okay with that. But to me, 
It's one goal song because everyone in the building recognizes it, understands it. There are chants that go with certain songs within buildings, and I think it just brings the energy. If you have a different song every single game, if you have a different song for each individual player, and it's just one that, that doesn't really resonate, it can make the building flat. I, I, I don't like, like it. I like the idea of, of individual goal songs, and I also like I the like idea it. of, say you get it wrong. Yelling at a cloud. Say you get it wrong, and you, you initially play Zach Whitecloud's goal song, uh -huh. and, it, and it goes to Jonathan Marsh. So we, we can have Bruce come on with an announcement at the first stoppage and go, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a change in the goal. And then they play Marsh So's song. You're not going to do that. And then that. you go. No, you're and then, not going to it gets everybody all excited again. No, no, that's that's too much. I don't like it. It's like, like it. double the celebration and the excitement. There's a lot of pressure on people upstairs to get on it and pressing the right button. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's logistically too much going on. And I'm all about individual players being individuals, but leave my goal song alone. I, I like I like a, tra a traditional one team one goal song. That's all I care about. Do you have a song that you would select for your individual goal song? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you, make you my scored in the NHL yeah. and they played an individual song yeah. for you, what would it be? Really? You you don't know this? What? Some we, it doesn't have to be our favorite song. No, it no, might no, be no, a song no. that it, goes great in the rink. It's not. It, it's it's just very obvious if you what spent any time around me. You make my dreams come true. Hall and Oates. Wow. Easy. So you're going old school. Oh, yeah. That actually isn't a bad goal song. No, it's a fantastic goal song. Is it, did they use that in Toronto for they a while? They have been using it in Toronto. For a while? Yeah. Hmm. Chapman. Goal song. If you scored in the NHL, um, don't let me down, buddy. I don't, I don't know that song. No, ah, uh, jeez. You've been listening I, to us talk I, for I, ten I, minutes I, about this. You know what? Only, only because Ryan really likes to give me a hard time and says it always comes back to a specific thing. I'm going to go with an ABBA song. My goal song would be a song by ABBA. Which one? Uh, Just a song. You, you can't think of an ABBA oh song. My no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I. You can't think of an ABBA song right now. I, I I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't name an ABBA song. How, right how, now. Dancing how Queen is to is too obvious. A goal song. Like Dancing Queen is too obvious, so I couldn't go with that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of the song I that I like. That, well, well, I mean, I'm, I'm on the spot. Like, I like uh, Mamma Mia is a good one. Voulez-vous is a good one. Maybe Voulez-vous. Maybe that's the one I'd go with. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. It's a good song. Wow. <laughs> I would go. I would go. Van Halen. Jump. That's fair. Yeah, fair enough. It's got. It's got some arena vibe to it. Sure. Uh, and away we go. Like old school. What, Jet? What do you think? Anything? You got nothing. He's, he's shaking me I, off you like, know, a, I, like I, a catcher in my, a three-two count. In a, in a very very tense game, if, if and I, I want to throw and I want to throw the the, the heater. I'll give a secondary answer for Jed. If, if it wasn't Hall and Oates for me, it's very simple. Eddie Murphy party all the time. Boom, done. Yeah, great great song. What about Super Trooper? That is a good one. Yeah, I like yeah, that you, too. You know where that one came from? My wife. 
who's listening to the oh, show yeah? and is so disappointed in you that you can't come I, up with an ABBA I song. Can't, so she's I a, can't believe she's a you're big sitting a- there saying, yeah, an ABBA song. Can an ABBA more song. specific? I mean, there's so many good ABBA one? songs to choose from. You couldn't think of any. Well, no, I, I, you put me on the spot. You were listening to this conversation yeah, but for I, 10 minutes. You know me. You know I'm coming uh, I at should, you I should have known better. I should have known better. You know, my, one of my favorite things is making you cringe and uncomfortable. Well, that made me you cringe and uncomfortable. <laughs> my wife never used to listen to me in the old days. She must like you guys. Uh, and this show, or she likes listening to me cringe and and be so. Here's made here's fun what of. happened yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is one timers news and that's around the National Hockey League, but this is uh, this is a little different. Uh, we do the show yesterday from City National Arena, Studio Thirty One, uh, off the Golden Knights practice when they arrive back from their bonding trip to Montana. We finish the show. I get home. I open up my email because normally I just look at text because we're texting each other, and there's a, a note from somebody saying Olympic legend figure skater Scott Hamilton who has a skate-a-thon event this weekend to raise money uh, at Lifeguard Arena uh, he phoned the show yesterday to come on now I knew he was coming on this week but I forgot so this is on me this is absolutely on me that uh, that I that I didn't give Chapman the heads up that Scott Hamilton would be phoning the, uh, the control room at some point during yesterday's show. But Chapman answered the phone. Scott Hamilton identified himself that he was supposed to come on. Chapman doesn't know anything about it, thinks he's being punked, <laughs> pranked, and hangs up on Scott Hamilton and doesn't mention it to Ryan and I at all. Like, one of the great conversation starters ever is, can you guys believe that a guy just pretended he was Scott Hamilton and tried to get on the air with you? Isn't that funny? Like you're, we're begging for conversation on this show during commercial breaks someday, and you left that hanging. So it was my fault I didn't let you know that Scott Hamilton was calling. Mm. He's going to come on tomorrow, and we're going to uh, heavily promote the event because it's a really cool thing. You do laps around Lifeguard Arena, and, and you raise money. It's awesome. I'm hoping Chapman goes out there. But Chapman, yes. you didn't even bother mentioning that well, somebody pretending, you thought pretending, even though it was the actual person, Olympic legend, figure yeah. skater Scott Hamilton, phoned us. Well, first off, I, I know who Scott Hamilton is, but the guy on the phone did not sound like him. So I was like, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't. And you thought you were being punked. I did, yeah, because because he called <laughs> and didn't it. tell us. Well, because I, you know what it was? <laughs> I, I, I lost my train of thought because I was texting you guys about something else that was happening. Oh. At the same time that he had called, so I was concerned with with what was going on with with you guys at Studio Thirty One. Then the I, person. I've got two things. Okay, go Chapman. Finish what? finish up. I, I've got so, two things when you're done. So I I will say that the person on the phone did not sound like Scott Hamilton, and I and I thought that if we were having someone as big as Scott Hamilton on the show, mm-hmm. it certainly would not have. Or it would have been mentioned at some point, hey, by the way, Scott Hamilton, Olympic legend, is coming on the show tomorrow. I'll make sure Joe Biden uh, is aware <laughs> that you are aware Joe Biden's coming on the show. Okay, but but here's the thing. At, at various times on this program, you have tried to argue that fish walk in the breaks, and yet you don't tell us that somebody... The stature of Scott Hamilton was trying to get on the air. Well, fish do do walk. Okay, great. There, there's walking um, fish. Un- unreal. 
And second thing, you just got chirped by Stephanie so hard. It's phenomenal. She says on Twitter, how are you, me, me and Darren, surprised that you, Chapman, uh, had an inability to name an ABBA song on oh, the spot? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm reading uh, it. You know the woo is coming, and we know how that goes. Well, Stephanie, I'll just say this. Next time you want to get on the air, remember who answers the phone. <laughs> Well, Scott Hamilton can't get yeah. on. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, if Scott Hamilton can't get on, how many no other way. guests, Chapman, have we had that you've just said no to? So I know this this might get us into trouble. Yes, but like if anybody you've, you've heard of, heard of, so Papa Lou, Stephanie, Rita, Mike, if they phone, put them on the air. But that also goes with world celebrities. <laughs> All right? That, I'm extending that to world celebrities. If, if someone's won a medal in the Olympics, yes. you should probably put them on the air, Chapman. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was him. It didn't sound like him. He, did he identify himself but, as Scott Hamilton? He did. He did. Okay. He, he said it was right. Scott Chapman, Hamilton. Who, do you think people are just calling you and saying, I'm going to play a prank on Chapman today? Scott well, Hamilton's I, rolling through Nevada, and he's like, I'm going to give that. I don't, no, I, 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 I don't think it was like I don't. I don't think anyone in particular was like, oh, I'm going to prank Chapman. I think it was just a – I thought it was not – And you actually thought it was like you thought Scott Hamilton, the Olympic skater, right? Absolutely, like, yeah, okay. because, because – And you still didn't – okay. Good, yeah. Good, 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 yeah. Good. Okay, that, 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 that's yesterday's uh, – and this was my fault because I didn't tell him. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell him. I'm just surprised that it never came up afterwards that, that well, he didn't come up to us and say, Walking hey, fish. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Some guy tried to get on the air by pretending he was Scott Hamilton. And then what? What would you have said? Oh my gosh, she was supposed to come on. Exactly. Yes. I, I would have, That's exactly I would, what would I, would, I would have saved it. But the fact that you didn't bring it up at all just surprised. Well, me. like I said, I, I got distracted because there was something else going on at the time. So yes. Yeah. Uh, name an ABBA song. Your 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 nickname should be Eddie for ED, <laughs> as in easily distracted. ABBA song. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Super trooper. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, October 10th, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So Aaron Judge hit his 60-second home run tonight against the Texas Rangers, breaking the American League record, which was held by Roger Maris. But... I'm just having a real difficult time with the fact that this is something that is being, like, championed as he actually broke, like, a significant record. I mean, Barry Bonds holds the record, and whether or not we like Barry Bonds stands to reason that he still holds the record. When you look in the record book, it says Barry Bonds has the home run record. So, like, I'm one of those people. I'm, what's, I'm, what's your point here? Well, my point is it, it's like we're, we're the only reason this is a story is because people want to make the Yankees relevant. No, no, no. It's a story because it's the American League. No, it's that's not. The, and the American League hasn't played real baseball in 50 years. That DH nonsense. It's, but but he doesn't hold the record. Barry Bonds holds hold, the record. He, he holds the American League. But record nobody cares. He, it's not it's not it's not a significant record. I what think are, it is. What are we talking about here? Aaron Judge hitting Aaron his 60-second home He's run. He's giving another sports update. Oh, no, okay. it's not. A, it's it's Just my like it's he my opinion. Look, I, I'm not a Barry Bonds fan, but the reality is Barry Bonds owns the home run record. What was Barry Bonds' walk-up song? I have no idea. I'm sure it wasn't ABBA. 
Bruce Cusick, sir, he's been talking the entire time that you've been talking. I heard him. I heard him. I heard him talking about the chapstang. The the fact that that we're doing a radio segment and he keeps talking, ignoring that we're on the air. Well, have you ever had a conversation with Bruce? I do a lot of listening with Bruce. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's exactly the point I was going to get to. And and now he's still talking to Ryan. Like like Ryan's taking his headset off because like he just bailed on the segment. Pre-game show is uh, coming up next. The Arizona Coyotes up against the Vegas Golden Knights. We've got the bottom six all on the ice tonight for the Golden Knights uh, from a forward compilation. And a couple of players in the back end making a big push for that sixth, seventh spot on the blue line. Pre-game show with Ryan Wallace is coming up next. I'm sure Bruce has to go do something too. (laughs) 